Hi, this is Nicole Spag from LazyLeet.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Panic, ladies and gentlemen, the casuals have taken control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For uh, Sunday, the 24th of November, holy crap, November's almost gone, mm-hmm. 2013, this is Casually Hardcore. I have no wise. And I indexa. And we're all you're getting. That's right. A so we're hardcore, hard, we're hard, hardcore. Hard, hardcore. Hard, hardcore. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go with that. <laughs> Making it up as we go along. Exactly. Clearly have no idea what we're doing. Ah, so made it just in time, kind of, sort of, mostly. Eh, 15 minutes. Down from the secret mountain lair mm-hmm. where uh, IOI, Nemesis, Narch Nemesis were... Up in the snow. First snow of the season. Managed nice. to actually time it right this time. And get snow without getting snowed in, which was kind of the goal. Did you make a snowman? Uh, wasn't enough snow for that. So this was a, the, a light dusting. Well, okay. Picturesque, nice, but not not enough to play in yet without because the, the ground's still completely mud and, oh, and nasty. But, um, but we managed to make it back down the hill. Roughly in time for the show, and in time to break in this uh, newly rejiggered, very loud chair. I need to definitely get off this chair. <laughs> Actually, tell me, tell me, guys, can you can you hear me squeaking around in my chair, or is the mic sensitivity turned down enough? Which was part of the goal of my rejiggering, where you're not actually getting it. Um, so, you may have noticed from since the arrival of the new Doghouse Systems broadcast rig. Mm-hmm. We've been playing a lot. We've been playing a lot, but also there has been a persistent uh, hum in the background yeah. of all of our recordings, which I have been chasing around with a sharpened stick for weeks. weeks. And after much research, uh, wailing, gnashing of teeth, and uh, kneeling at the altar of supplication before many dark gods, <laughs> determined... <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. It's, it's on page 17 of the uh, IT support Oh, manual. is that what it is? It's right after Reboot? Yeah, Reboot, then Cthulhu. <laughs> Got it. No, I'm sorry. Reboot, Haster, Cthulhu. Got it. Okay. So as far as Haster, and Haster had the answer, which is uh, Windows 7, in all of its wonderful glory, thinks it's doing you a favor when it's auto-tuning your USB interfaces, mm-hmm. USB audio interfaces, cause, and Microsoft made the executive decision to tune them for things like Skype, uh, personal audio chat, mm-hmm. uh, not to tune it for professional audio gear. Cool. And it was basically, it was overriding a bunch of the decisions I was making about what the sensitivity of the microphone should be and what the auto level increase should be. And so I've now had to bypass the USB interface entirely. And we're coming in through the sound card uh, that's on board on the broadcast rig. And in my test recordings this week, it made a massive difference. I'm curious to hear back from those of you listening live and those of you listening uh, via the podcast edition. 
is this the same as before, better than before, worse than before? The goal is way better than before. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say worse for a second there because you started with a W. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> it's like two feet apart from you. I will show you the back of my hand. <laughs> right. I just realized why I'm zooming in on the chat rooms because I don't have my damn glasses on. Ah, because you're old. Shh. <laughs> Shut your face, four eyes. Pot, I, pot, I, I remembered my glasses. You're oh. old enough that you forget your glasses. Shush. <laughs> shush uh, upon shush upon shush. Uh, anyway, so yes, new new setup, and hopefully this takes care of the hum. Yep. Mm, Except for just when to no mess, hums. Just to mess with people. What? <laughs> and we're also uh, broadcasting from a different room in uh, Chateau Gnomewise. Chateau Gnomewise and... Uh, Io's not here right now, so okay, it's... I'm just saying, it's not just Chateau Gnomewise. Whenever she's not here, uh, those, those few moments in time, it gets to be Chateau Gnomewise. All, all other times of the calendar year, it is Chateau Iolite. So, mm-hmm. Casa de Iolite, I don't know. Casa de Iolite. I like that better. Casa, Casa de Iolite. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Casa de Iolite. Yes. But I digress. So, we are going to spoil the living crap out of the 50th anniversary episode of uh, Doctor Who... Just going to warn you right up front here, if you have not seen it yet, and you are a fan, you plan to see it, you're not going to enjoy the top half of this episode. Yes. So turn it off. So yeah, just... Come uh, back in 30 minutes. Unapologetically, we are going to... It's been more than 24 hours since it broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think we wait about a week, though. I'm not going to... I'm starting to rail against the whole spoiler... The spoiler thing. thing. Yeah, I know. Because everyone else gets it out there before we do. Right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. We will warn you liberally uh, to spoil, that we are going to spoil, uh, but we're not going to not talk about stuff because we wind up talking about when it's stale. Yes. So. Instead of when it's fresh in our minds. Fresh in our minds. And we're and, excited and, or and, really and people disgusted listening are actually it. interested in it. Exactly. So, things like what I posted on the front page of the site, you know, is very... Spoiler uh, sensitive on that. I mean, you know, vague generalities. We're going to talk about it in in deep and specific detail. Up starting now. Oh wait, wait! Don't we have this producer guy? Who? This guy? What? He's talking smack. He says that he doesn't want us to spoil it. The who? What? The beard. The what? What? Do it. Okay, fine. Hang on. <laughs> One downside of this new uh, setup is I have to turn around 180 <laughs> degrees to do things like dropping. I know you need like eight hands now. This is not going to work very well because then I can't. Well, Io would never leave the house. <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool though because I can make fun at the back of your head. Silence! You wouldn't know, except that I tell you, and then you can use drop-ins. Hmm. Nice. So for openers, tangents are kind of a big deal. And that guy. Yes. So, joining us in Internet Relay Chat, as usual, is our producer, Nay Our whiny producer, <laughs> Nay <Ayer Sura. laughs> The Barry Von Awesome. If you have something to bring to our attention during the show in IRC, please send the personal message to the whiny and insufferable <laughs> Barry VA, and he will bring it to our attention in a, a tidy and spoiler-free way. <laughs> so, I guess Barry's going to be... Um, Tuning out now. Yes. Won't be much of an IRC rep. Yep. Spoiler, sweetie. 
<laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> gotta, gotta give the Alex Kingston delivery. Oh, if God, gonna, no. If you're gonna use that word. No. No, you need to, you need to tightly curl your hair. You've got the volume. <laughs> the volume, that's pull for sure. off Alex Kingston hair. I probably could. Um, I love the bit they gave in. We, we rewatched the last episode of season seven in preparation oh, while yeah. we were waiting for the in, unbelievably slow download of the episode. Well, they played like every freaking episode ever leading it's, up to it's it. It's a 24. Yeah. It's a Doctor Who festival on yes. BBC America. We were doing the HD download version directly from the BBC. Ah. Uh. And we weren't the only ones. Yeah, I bet. And we were in the secret mountain lair where the internet is not the greatest. The best. So it basically took most of the day yesterday to download. Ah. So we started early, as soon as it became available, and then waited. And so late in the evening, after the kids were down for bed, we, when we saw it getting close to the end, we hit the Roku and watched the last episode of Season 7, watched the webisode... Uh, oh, yes. With uh, Paul McGann. With Paul McGann, the one you showed us last week. One, as it turns out, of more than one uh, massive secret they managed to keep uh, about... Yes! The, yes. You know where I'm going with I that. know where you're going with this, yes. Um, oh, good. Boba is watching uh, Barry's back. Oh, good. Like, Thank I have you, tuned Boba. out... Boba, let me know when it's safe to return. Okay, uh, Boba, we can completely troll Barry at this point. Absolutely. You have the power. You're so much better than Barry, Boba. We have to think about (laughs) how badly we want to screw with Barry. (laughs) Let's have him tune back in and let's make up some crap. I know, we should. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Are you with us? Boba, are you with us? All doctors die. No, all, yeah, exactly. At the same time. All doctors everywhere, all future past, they've actually canceled, yes. the, they've, they've canceled the show. No. No, no, that's not it. But anyway. We are the devil. Yes. Um, so, the 50th anniversary special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can really see how they originally intended for Eccleston to be part of that. They really did. You could totally see where Makes they could have, could have written him in. Now, luckily, they gave him flexibility to write him out when he said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. No thanks, yeah. Um... But it's pretty much as all the hints, the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. they've led, uh, they've left for us, tells the story of the Doctor during the Time War. Yes. More specifically, the final day yes. of the Time War. So the webisode where we got to see Paul McGann's regeneration into John Hurt, mm-hmm. into a young Doctor mm-hmm. who's going to go and fight and help end the Time War, and then this and is no longer the Doctor. Is, he says, "Doctor no more." Is Doctor his, no uh, more is, is his first line after regenerating correct and so he puts puts down the mantle of the doctor picks up the mantle of the warrior and goes to fight the good fight and then we fast forward to the beginning of the 50th anniversary special where he's old grizzled worn out tired of the phallics tired of his own people and willing to end them all in order to end the war well because if during the webisode, you learn that this war has not only ex- expanded to just their universes, the Daleks and the right. and uh, the Time Lords, but it's hurt everybody. Right. The, whole, the whole point is it, it's, it's basically tearing the entire universe apart. Every universe. Yes. And it has to end. Yes. As, the, as far as the Doctor is concerned, he's, he's just the man to do it. And as they've heavily implied, the ending that he has in mind is not pleasant. Not at all. Because it's basically, they have a nice bit where they have the general. 
who is the the war leader of the Gallifreyans. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a good good actor to play that part. He was he was good in the role, basically grizzled, bald uh, general type. And they have a nice reference where the doctor has broken into the forbidden weapons vault. Right. He might use one of them. Like we've, we've, all, used, we've already all. used all of them at this point in the war. Exactly. Except one. one. Of course, you know the ultimate weapon of ultimate weapons that they have hidden away in the in the super duper vault that the doctor basically strolls into strolls in and, and takes it. and he takes the weapon referred to as the moment, mm-hmm. uh, which is an interesting little critter they've come up with and they re- and they realize they reveal through dialogue that it's a weapon that has achieved sentience. Yes, and when you try to use it, has something to say on the matter to you mm-hmm. before. It'll allow you to use it. Exactly. And he wants to use it to basically annihilate the planet of Gallifrey because basically the entire Dalek, Dalek fleet. fleet is surrounding it. And he's going to burn them all, which is what they've implied happened. Time and time again. Time and That's time why again. he's so... Messed up. Messed up and riddled with guilt. and Because right, he had and, to kill them all to save the He had to kill the them all and he's the last one. And, and so the interface mm-hmm. for the moment comes up. Yes, and it takes the form of Billy Piper. Billy Piper as Rose. Not, not, Rose. not Rose, Bad Wolf. Right. So, but that was, I thought it was a really fun and interesting way that they utilized the actress because yes. they, they announced they made no secret. No, Billy Piper is you know is right, right in the yeah. credits. Is in the she's like, oh, I wonder how they're going to write Rose into the story, and they, they don't didn't. at all, not at all. And Billy Piper delivers a great performance in this role as the conscience and the and the and the. Uh, sentience, sentience of the of weapon. The moment. Mm-hmm. And basically says, okay, doctor, let's talk about how you're going to use me. And basically says up front, okay, your punishment for using me is going to be, you're going to survive. Well, he says there's always consequences. Right, there are always consequences. And he says, um, I don't... I have, I have no intention, I have no intention of, surviving of surviving this. this. And he goes, and then she says, well, well then then that's you're your gonna. punishment. Right. Yes. So... It's basically the weapon decided that he would be the only one to survive, which is an interesting twist. Um, and so there's some, some great interaction between John Hurt as the war doctor or the not doctor yeah. and Billy Piper as the weapon. The weapon. Um, so right off the bat, they're in some interesting territory. They have some fun. The, 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 they have some great fun with the lead-in with, uh, Clara in her new job as a school teacher, yes. getting the message from the doctor with an address on it, so basically saying, "Come, you know, meet yeah. me here." And she's basically riding the Triumph bicycle, uh, motorcycle we saw in earlier episodes. And they have a great effect shot where she basically goes almost full speed, drives into the TARDIS, and comes to a screeching halt in the control room. It's yep, like, they had way too much fun with that. Yes, they did. It was really good. That but was a really good shot. They got some money to spend. It's the 50th anniversary special. How often do you get to do this? So they open it with a bang. Actually, they they open it. Beautifully mm-hmm. with the original credit sequence from the first episode the fir- from, yes. from An Unearthly Child and the first shot from An Unearthly Child, the very first episode of William Hartnell's Doctor Who. Ah. And then they transition it digitally into color and transition it into the beginning of this episode. I was wondering what they were doing there. That was the, that was the end of the credit sequence from the original and the first couple shots from An, Unear- An Unearthly Child from 63, I think it was. So... Paying massive homage to, you know, the source. This episode has something for everyone. It is tying together all kinds of plot threads and tying up a lot of plot threads from the reboot. 
but it all is just littered with fan service for old old fans like myself. Mm-hmm. So it absolutely will demand tons of rewatching. It will demand, you know, I'm assuming the internet is already dissecting it frame by frame. Probably. Um, I haven't even looked. No, I, I got the one watching it and I was happy I was able to pull that off in the yeah. mayhem that was getting back down from the secret mountain lair. Um, <laughs> so they have the the setup of, uh-huh. you know, okay, the doctor's getting ready to end the war. And now the weapon says, I'm going to use my not insignificant powers over space and time to show you what what you're going to become. Before you make this decision, you're going to make an informed decision. And so she basically threw a lot of ins and outs and stuff we don't necessarily have to spoil. Exactly. Goes and collects Matt Smith's doctor and David Tennant's doctor. And David Tennant's doctor. Um. And it could have just been David Tennant. I'd be okay. With and that. David Tennant is busy <laughs> is busy dealing with uh, a, an alien menace, which is uh-huh. straight out of the classic fourth, fifth Doctor era, uh, which again was no secret. Zygons were were known to be you know the, part of the baddies in this. They're just updated modern makeup and modern effect versions of them, so they're not they don't look quite as campy and and horrible as they did. They still look kind of campy. They still, they're, I'm not going to still aliens with suckers all over what? themselves. There's, you can only uncamp that so much. And, yeah, well, there is that. But it's still they made them slightly more threatening and fun. Yes. Um basically body stealing, body snatching alien types mm-hmm. and so, so there's fun bits where they have conversations between the person they've just copied mm-hmm. and the the, the alien copy of them and it's like, it's, they had a little fun with that. So at the beginning, and I'm just going to ask this because I'm a newbie. I started with nine and I loved nine, which I'm so sad he wasn't in this 50th anniversary. But the, I know the really long scarf was from the doc. What, Absolutely. Yeah. That, was from, that was from Tom Baker. Was that supposed to be his daughter? His one's what? It's not entirely clear. Granddaughter? And, uh, there was definitely a nod to the fourth doctor, Tom Baker. Right. The iconic multicolored scarf. scarf. Yeah, people are making a lot of it online. There's there's no lines of dialogue. Nope, nothing. The character's name was Osgood, which was a the last name of of a recurring character in unit in the John Pertwee Tom Baker era. So the assumption is just like Kate Lethbridge Stewart is is the Brigadier's daughter. Mm-hmm. This is the daughter of another old unit uh, person. Person. Um, but then comes the super secret cameo at the end of the caretaker and people are wildly speculating was that the caretaker's daughter and it was that you know, did he hand that down to her they left it open, open. Okay. But, but at the very least it's, it's just a cute he's wearing she is wearing, wearing his scarf Tom Baker's signature scarf yeah. the, the original when we meet her um, and she's just the, the nerdy sciencey uh, left hand person to Kate Stewart's uh, unit unit Science division commander or whatever right. she is. So yeah. yeah, so there's you know right off the bat we got little little things like that. We got the scarf showing up just for giggles. Yeah. Um. They have events between the Elizabethan era David Tennant tying into what's happening in modern era Matt Smith in typical Doctor Who fashion. Lots of fun interplay between the two. So here's my thing that the first thing I thought when the the marriage thing came up with Tennant, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's, actually, that's actually tying up a plot thread. Really? Oh, okay. Well, see, I didn't know that. But yes, you did because you you've seen it. You just forgot it. I did from the Shakespeare Code at the very end of the episode. 
Queen Elizabeth shows up uh-huh. and sees the doctor and says, Doctor, arrest him off with his head. I remember and he's, that. He's, and he's like, I have no idea why she feels that way. Right. Now we know. Why? Because he didn't stay. Oh, well, yes, he didn't stay. <laughs> well, but still, I mean, she knew what he was, what he, she expected him to stay. She's ridiculous. But anyways, what I'm thinking is when River showed up, you mm. know, that was such a big thing for the marriage thing. Right. And they get married all the time. I mean, what was it? Uh, well, I mean, it's not Matt like... Smith was with Marilyn Monroe in one episode, yes, remember? I'm pretty sure I got married. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we know, I mean... When the doctor originally comes on the scene, he is traveling with his granddaughter. Mm-hmm. He has been married and has had a family at that stage as of when we originally meet him. So, it, But when you are effectively immortal, uh, you're likely to get together with more than one person. I over figured the span that, of your life. but I just, they made such a big deal out of the Verver marriage that I was like, well, marriage was, was such a big deal. Well, because it was one that he seriously was invested in. He didn't, so the other ones he, he didn't know he was propo- <laughs> he didn't think he was proposing to the real Queen Elizabeth. Uh, no, that's true. Scene. He thought he was proposing to the red sucky monster. Right, Zygon. Yeah. <laughs> and he was slightly off target with his detector. Um, so it wasn't a serious... I mean, she took him up on it and used her powers as head of state to make sure that it came to fruition, but he right. wasn't exactly really actually pursuing her. No. Uh, same thing with the Marilyn Monroe thing. It's just Marilyn was pursuing him. Yeah, it was just it was just it was just that a quick, era and yeah. you know, just partying in with Frankie. Yeah, with Frank in, <laughs> in Hollywood. So a serious love interest where he's actually interested and committed to the relationship was the big deal. That was River's entire story storyline mm-hmm. um, told in random reverse and forward order, mind bendingly. Mm-hmm what the hell just happened style. Yes. Because it's Doctor Who. Yes, they do. absolutely. But uh, that was that was a really good, that was something that confused me there. But it was nice to see that when they mentioned Bad Wolf, that David Tennant was like, what? What did you say? Yeah. Because you don't know exactly when in his timeline this is. Right. And he can't see the moment. Right. None of them can see the moment only except John, for only John only Hurt. Uh-huh. Can can you know, she's she's in his head, so but it, they they play fast and loose with the what should they remember? Right. Because this is the same person at different points in his timeline. Yes, which I think they used incredibly well when they, they were trying lot, to get things done. <laughs> yeah. The and for the first time they had the you know Matt Smith recognizing what was happening because he was remembering when he was John Hurt. Mm-hmm. Saying, oh, not now. Really, do we have to do this now? And then remembering what he, what he needed to do with the Fez. And, mm-hmm. and so absolutely remembering it happening, but not knowing the outcome. And they found a, they contrived a way for that to happen, mm-hmm. where the whole purpose of this episode was to have the time war not end the way that we think thought it, it ended. That we think it did. Mm-hmm have a completely valid and understandable reason why, up until the end of this episode, why the Doctor would think it had gone the other way. That exactly. he That he had, in fact, burned Gallifrey to destroy everyone. Along with the Daleks. Right. But yes. But, and it completely works. Mm-hmm. That it didn't, it actually, you know, it, they're not changing anything. This is the way it originally went down. Mm-hmm. 
It originally went down this way. And because of the fact that they were screwing around and crossing each other's timelines, it basically makes them not remember huge chunks of it. And so he gets out, you know, the doctor gets out of it and, and thinks that he burned everyone. Mm-hmm. And we get, and then it makes sense that when we met Nine, he was the tortured person that he was. Exactly. And they, they do a direct lead into Hurt regenerating into Eccleston. <laughs> where he says... He would, and, and they give him a great <laughs> line where he says, I hope, because John Hurt has prominent ears. Ears. As does Chris Eccleston. Oh, way more prominent. <laughs> and he actually says, I hope the ears are a little less prominent, prominent. This, this time. It's like, dude, you're not getting your wish. Nope. Maybe he shouldn't have said that because yeah. it was probably subconsciously that made him bigger. Um, but, but that's anyway. where it would have been great to have Eccleston yeah. in that in that little well, bit, even, but I mean, even but I, I can see how they could have easily made this a three-way oh, yeah. ping pong between all their timelines, and still had plenty of story to go around. Absolutely, and what was really interesting is when they had all three of them, and that they were in the Tower of London. Um, they had Hurt and Smith and Tennant all together. Mm-hmm. The the conversation that um, I guess the moment that Bad Wolf had with the three of them was really interesting where she describes how different they all are you yep. know it's basically the one who committed the act mm-hmm. the one who regrets which is tenant and the one who forgets right which who's is matt, who's, matt smith who's totally in denial of the whole thing uh, yes so this is this is the guy we don't talk about exactly um and you could easily imagine eccleston being there with him and saying he would have been the one who regretted and tenant could be the one who ran and smith could be the one who forgets. tries to forget they, they could have yeah I, I bet you they originally had a script that had them all and then they, yeah. they they cut it down to this. I think Tenet, uh, Tenet always seemed to me like he was trying to make up for it. Yeah. You know? I'm so sorry. Yes, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that, he coined I'm that I'm so sorry. So I always feel like Eccleston was still very angry about what he did. Yes, he was very angry. But the, his whole story and, arc was him rediscovering something akin to being alive in humanity. And yes. a reason that not everything is grim. Right. And that's that worked great for that first season reintroduction arc, mm-hmm. and liberally salted with you know romance because it's the beginning. The of, woman who is yes. showing him that no, it's not all bleak, and there is a reason to live and and seen. Yeah. So and now there's someone else who has your reason to live mm-hmm. because you are no longer there. Yeah, details. <laughs> but so, yeah, so that was really interesting. And so it's a tremendous fun. Of great interplay, basically you know, the the idea of people wish they could have a, a one season of Doctor Who with Matt Smith as the Doctor and David Tennant as his companion. Oh, because <laughs> they did they they their chemistry was really good. Their chemistry was so good; it and was really while maintaining really good. their their really you know their yeah. very separate, distinct identity. But even with her, the chemistry between the three of them was really yeah. good too. It was a lot of fun to watch. And they even threw in, you know, first unexpected cameo, first unannounced cameo was the 13th Doctor. Mm-hmm. Or his forehead. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Sort of. <laughs> um, they have basically an extreme close-up of Peter Capaldi <laughs> yeah. for a couple seconds on screen um, with a clear indication that he's, you know, the 13th. But everyone, that, that has long since been announced. That right. At the end of the Christmas episode, we will get the new actor. Uh, so that was a ton of fun. That was good. Uh, it was like, ooh! Yeah. Uh, like this barely a 
four but, inches. But he in has space. a very. He does. You can tell by his his, his yes. eyebrows are characters unto themselves. Yes, I mean, they're they're, tr- they're coming at you in three D. Yes. Um, and then fast forward to the end of the episode where they have the super secret mm-hmm. cameo. Yes. And here here's the massive spoiler, and, and it's really it doesn't spoil anything. It's just something they threw in entirely for fun because it's cute. It's cute, and it's and it's a, a nod to where they've come from, mm-hmm. where they're headed, and so basically the ending scene is in a museum, uh, this you know basically secret museum where the super secret art and thing artifacts yes. are kept, and he's told that oh the the an old guy was looking for your thing was the curator, it's curator, yeah, and Matt Smith is sitting down talking to himself as the way the character does and saying I, I could be a curator I, I want to get I could retire and I would I be, be an awesome I could be curator a great curator, curator. <laughs> and a voice behind him says I I believe you will be and. You're immediately like, I know that, that voice. voice. It's a very distinctive voice, but I can't quite place it. And they just show Matt Smith turning around and the back of the other person's head, and Matt Smith's reaction is awesome. You can mm-hmm. watch him going, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? Yeah. Uh, what mm-hmm. are you doing here in reverse angle? Mm-hmm. It's Tom Baker. It is. Not digitally de-aged or no, anything. No, it's an older... It is him as he is today. As he so, is now. You know, snow white hair, on a cane, mm-hmm. you know, present day Tom Baker. Mm-hmm. And during their conversation, he basically implies that later in his regenerations, he might you know revisit some of the classics. Yes. And might re-regenerate into an old face. So basically implying we're seeing a future edition of the Doctor who did, in fact, come back. And become the curator of this place. Um, who knows if that's going to be considered canon or not? But it is a fun little interplay of, you know, classic one of the early, you know, Doctor Number Four and Doctor Number Twelve now, because mm-hmm. uh, we've renumbered. Yes, uh, renumbered. Well, well, twelve and a half. Who knows? They're calling uh, the War Doctor eight point five. Because <laughs> he's not the doctor, but the, is the doctor now right. because of what he just went through. But he, in won't, remember so, but he won't remember it. He, so yeah, he will yeah. always be who who the guy. He who, who we don't talk about basically. Right. But now, but now Matt Smith knows the truth and is, is and is a more whole person because of it. Well, yeah, and then the whole th- well the whole thing centers around the painting. Yes, and um, what the painting represents about okay, so basically the outcome of the war is not at all what we thought. Mm-hmm. And basically, through the contrivances of the episode, Gallifrey is still out there somewhere. Right. And one of the best lines also of the, the of this whole 50th anniversary was um, the new name of the painting. Because everyone right. thought the name of the painting was either, either No was More. Either no More, which was the, was the John Hurt's Doctor's line right before you know, he, you he took, took a laser rifle and etched it into a wall. No right more. before he... So burned everybody because he was done. They, I just don't. No more. We're done. This yeah. is. It's over. Or or Gallifrey falls because it was of the last day where Gallifrey it was, fell. It was the fall of Arcadia, which was the last city standing. Right. So that was really great. And then at the end of the episode, the curator, the curator Tom lets Baker. him know that the name is not one or the other. It is both combined. Right. It is Gallifrey falls. falls no, no more. more. So. And, he, and Matt Smith's character gets very excited and says, is that what I'm supposed to do? And Tom Baker's Am I like, supposed to find Gallifrey? That's Gallifer? entirely up to you. Yeah. But, if, but if I were you, and I, I may be you, or you could be me. Or you could be me. Um, 
he is obviously having a really good time. Yeah, he was. He was so cute was in that so episode. Mischievous and having a great time with it. It was a great bit of, of, of fan service. And the ending shot was mm. really neat. Where you know, they've, they've got the internal monologue of Matt Smith basically saying, you know, I, I have renewed purpose. I have I, I think I need I know I know what I need to do. I need to go I need to go home. Mm-hmm. And they said, go find Gallifrey and, and free it. Um, and they just have a shot where, in his mind, he's stepping out of the TARDIS and into line with all of the other incarnations. Oh, it's the best shot ever. And they, so they, they do him walking up behind, and they have David Tennant and John Hurt look back, and they obviously have body doubles for all the others, Everybody but else. in their classic costumes facing the other way. Right. And then they do a, a reverse pull-away shot where they've obviously digitally inserted everybody. Everybody. So they have kind of a V-shape of all the classic doctors with William, one doctor. William, William Hartnell behind them. Yes. In his coat, you know, with the hands on the lapels in this classic pose. And just a great 50th anniversary fan service shot of all the doctors on screen together as they were when they played the roles. Yeah. It was and a great party shot. Fade to black and... Roll the credits and wait till the next wait till, episode. Wait, wait, for, wait for Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When the Christmas episode, which you know they've obviously are continuing that as a tradition once mm-hmm. they revived it, and we'll see Matt Smith's last story and his regeneration into uh, Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi, which is another weird, weird instance of someone in Doctor Who becoming coming, coming, becoming a character because. Uh, Freema um, Ayaman, who played, um, da, 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 what's her name? The Doctor Companion after Rose. Yeah, I know who you mean. And Martha. I, oh, Martha. I always forget her name because she's my least favorite. Right. She was Martha. in. She was in an episode. She was in an episode. A Cyberman episode, just as an incidental character. So was the girl from Torchwood. Uh, the main character opposite of... Um, Gwen Stacy. Yes, Gwen she was, Stacy. Yeah, she, was she, was, Charles, she was a maid. Yeah. yeah so and she, they, even, they even had a line of dialogue to explain that. Do you remember that? In... No, I don't remember that. The last episode, um, The Journey's End, where Donna gets retired. Mm-hmm. Basically, as as they are... That was such a good dragging, retiring. That was, that, was another, that was an amazing was retiring. And, but as they're dragging the earth back home, mm-hmm. they're talking to Torchwood, and Gwen is on screen, mm-hmm. and Tennant and Rose are looking at her, and they have the odd expression of face. Uh, Gwen, is your family from Cardiff? He says, yeah, we go back seven generations. Why? Mm. And, and he looks at her and says, oh, recombinant DNA, temporal DNA. Oh, yeah. Basically saying that she is the, <laughs> she descendant, is the descendant of that. of that character. So, yeah, the, the, in the long tradition of when they find someone that they particularly like, they will write them in. Well, they've written Peter Capaldi in a major way. Mm-hmm. He played in the Fires of Pompeii. Oh, yes. He was the father. I remember that. He was the father of the household. That's right. And he also played a major role in Torchwood um, Children of Earth. Which one was he in Children of Earth? He was the uh, bureaucrat who was the main negotiator with the aliens. Oh, yeah. Who ended badly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Peter Capaldi. I, I try to avoid thinking about that episode. That was so harsh. That epi- that whole series, that, that was Children the harshest series ever. Brutal. <laughs> the ending was so horrible. 
Yeah, what they did to Jack? Holy yes, cow. holy cow. Um, Speaking of Jack, though, and, and this is completely off tangent from Doctor Who, so John Barrowman. Yes. We're watching Arrow, right? We're watching the, okay. this, ep- this last episode which of Arrow. Which a character. Which, well, he died last season. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on Malcolm I'm, Merlin, I'm yeah. So he plays Malcolm Merlin, who died last season. This episode, we were just watching it. The end of the episode, guess who comes up? Malcolm Merlin. Not dead. It's not not it's, dead. It's a comic book universe. Nobody ever all. dies. But it's so cool to have him back. But apparently they kept it so quiet, they didn't even put him in the credits. So right. nobody knew he was coming back. It was an amazing show. Yeah, and this, I think that's part of the way they kept uh, Tom Baker's involvement secret. Secret, Is yeah. they always intended to credit all of the doctors. And when and the very first paint, the very first panel mm-hmm. that comes up in the credits is all of the, the doctor and they just list from William Hartnell straight through yep. to Matt Smith, all of them, which is nice. I thought that was really sweet because yeah, yeah. that's the whole point of this is the reason this series has had such a long life is they have this trick that they can recast the main character as often as they like. Exactly. Um, not many other shows can pull that off. True. So, um, the fact that he was actually active in the episode and not just his image being used digitally was kept completely under wraps so it's neat when they can do that yeah i'd say props to um you you may love or hate stephen moffat and well you know his turn at you know shepherding the the doctor who franchise Mm -hmm. Uh, say what you will but i think he and his team have done a bang-up job of celebrating the uh, legacy, it, yeah, a much loved legacy, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because they just look at the 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 feast of content they have provided. So you had basically the second half of of the entire seventh series was leading up to the fiftieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. You've had some tiny little webisode snippets. The one big webisode where he gives the fans closure on the Paul McGann era. Yes. In all of its huge glory on audio adventures. But not on TV. But just the one ep- you know, the yeah. one movie on TV, all the audio and all the books. And basically, for all those pe- people who were ravenous fans of him as a voice actor, voicing the Doctor for mm-hmm. all those years. And all the stories that happened then, you know, they gave them the, you know, he recites the names of all of his mm-hmm. um, companions in that era saying... You are under the umbrella. It, it, it happened. It's not a splinter universe. It is all one big happy. So you, fans of Paul McGann, welcome to the fold. And you get to see the, the end of that era him, and him regenerating into the great mystery that they had served up for us at the end of Series 7, mm-hmm. which was well, John Hurt is the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Good cliffhanger. Good, good. It tied everything in it had, really well. But it had the potential... To be horrible. But it always has the potential to be horrible. Matt Smith had the potential to be horrible. And for a while there, he was. The writing... The writing in the writing is what saved him, though. Well, the writing in Series 6 really put me off. I, they, they had him way too wacky and, and, and loopy and being... I don't know. I think that was just Matt, though. Um, because no, a no, lot... The, the material there was there. Anyway, for yeah. whatever reason, it wasn't... In my opinion, great. Your mileage may vary. Yeah, exactly. But speaking specifically about you know just the the celebration 50th anniversary stuff, there's some some fun web uh, things you can go. There's a whole Peter Davison, the Fifth Doctor, mm. um, wrote and directed a, a little uh, web episode with him 
Colin Baker, the sixth doctor, and Sylvester McCoy, the seventh doctor, and their misadventures trying to get involved with the 50th when they were not invited to be in the 50th. So it's the, basically these old men running around trying to reclaim their glory. So there's, there's just this fun, cute thing they did. But you also get to see, you know, the actors. Right. And, and it's great because Sylvester McCoy shows up when he's, and under his coat he's got a Hobbit shirt. Because <laughs> you've been spending time with a bird nest on your head in, as Radagast. As Radagast, yep. Um, so but the, you know, that's just, just, just dumb slapstick. You know, like a grumpy old men kind of a, an approach to... That's funny. And they've got I'll a whole bunch of that. little webisodes like that. Um, and then the 50th anniversary special itself, and which tied up all kinds of loose ends, even minor ones like, why did Elizabeth I want to kill the doctor? Exactly. Now we know. Cause he, now he, we know. He left her right after the altar. Okay. Yeah. Um, they basically got married. Had, had, had a painting made. Had a painting made, a little kiss, and left. And we're out of here. Uh, no, we assume. Because there was a line in there about, uh, well, so much for the Virgin Queen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I had a little fun with that. Um, <laughs> rewriting history. Well, you know, that's what it's all about. Just checking. Um, so, props to them for delivering uh, a big steaming bowl of fan unctuousness and And keeping us talking for almost an hour well no we started late remember oh well but for one topic that's pretty impressive well it's it's a fairly major topic topic and and we decided to go in spoilerific so yes and we're basically gave an episode synopsis left out some hefty chunks so there's still still a lot to go watch yes absolutely Um, definitely watch it five or seven or ten times i i've got it all queued up and ready for when we're done with this very radio show (laughs) because it was that good it was that good and and there's all kinds of little details in Mm -hmm. there for fanboys young and old new new and new and classic and Uh, the classic ones will get more of them i got a couple of them from just what I know from mm-hmm. you, but I didn't watch it before nine, so and it was also I was somewhat sleep deprived when I watched it the first time. So there you go. Time to get it up on a, a bigger screen than the laptop and and soak up the nerd. Yes. So, uh, Boba, you can tell Barry it's safe or will be safe by the time you hear our voices. Exactly. So what else have you been doing with your time? <laughs> well, let's see. G- moving on to shows. Uh, hey, concept. Another one, too. Um, Almost Human. So I saw the pilot episode of Almost Human, which has I mean, a cor- Carl Urban. The, the summary for that reads like iRobot. Kind of, yeah. But I've heard... It's uh, a little this, different. This is one that slipped under my radar until it was already on the air. Oh, I've been waiting for it. See, I hadn't heard... Word one about this because hadn't been dialed in. This is network television, right? This is uh huh, Fox. So, is it as good as all the reviews I've been reading? Make it it out is to be? so good. Basic premise: android uh-huh. detective, right? Yes. Yeah, so, basic premise is Carl Urban is a detective. Carl yeah. Urban. I know. So that right away, that's why I've been waiting for it. A man whose lower face uh, made Judge made, Dread. Made Dread, <laughs> not Judge Dread. Dread. The, Sorry, the great Dredd. movie that it is. Yes. So, um, so basically, he's a policeman, and something happens in his past. He has to get um, a cybernetic limb, and he and due to the episode that happened in his past, and I'm not going to spoil a lot because it is. I I feel you really need to go watch this, and um, it is fairly new. Whereas Doctor Who's been around for 50 years. You think? Um, so basically, so whatever happened in his past, he blames it on a synthetic. Um, 
partner. So okay. at that time, there was synthetic robots that the policeman used with them. Well, when he is told to go back into active duty, he finds out that it is now required for you to have an Android partner. For you to have an Android partner. Well, these Android partners are very logical and very um, literal and literal. So he doesn't get along with them. Plus, this whole time he's doing some things that aren't quite so legal to try to get his memory back to find out what happened that day that okay. this all happened. Um, so what happens is he he pretty much um, pushes his few, his first Android partner out the car onto a rolling freeway under a semi-truck. Nice. So then he has to get another one. But so, it's, so it's the Firefly version <laughs> of uh, dealing with things you don't like. Yes, you just push him if, out if the If he car had door. had an engine, he would have pushed him into it. Exactly. So he has to go get a new one. Well, they aren't really... They're so expensive. They don't just keep them hanging around. Right. So they have an older version. Now, this older version was... It was called the D-O-R-N version. And they are made to... Um, they're made more to be more human, so they were made to feel and want to kind of be like Data, want to aspire to be okay. human. And they were retired because that didn't go well. Yeah, well, yeah, because they they made their own decisions. They, you know, they, they didn't just logically say, this is the rule, this is how it goes. So it was actually an older, less, it was air quotes, less, less advanced, evolved right, yeah. version of the product. But I think the reason the show really makes it, okay, the stories are good too, but the reason the show makes it is Carl Urban and um, I forget the guy's name who plays his... The human lead? The, the synthetic, which... But, oh my God, he is... Their chemistry is yes, so Yes, Barry, good. this we won't spoil. Michael, yes, Barry. Michael Ely, I think. Okay. Anyways... Their chemistry is amazing. It's amazing. Well, for for a buddy show, yes, it, it had to it be has better to be. be exactly. But I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons that um, the Agents of Shield, for some reason, for, hasn't clicked for me is because I don't feel their chemistry. The chemistry has not happened yet. Exactly, it's, ha- it's happening in fits and starts, and Ex- it's not these, just amazing. These guys that. hit the ground running for some reason. They hit the ground running. They're, Sometimes it just works. They play each other. They play off each other really well. But they make fun of each other. It's a future police procedural, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. this is not, they're not reinventing the wheel. No, they're not. But they're, the, the twist they've added is it's futury and he's got a synthetic partner mm-hmm. and the rest of it is formulaic, but it's unique enough where it keeps you tuning in and Carl Urban. And Carl Urban. And his yes. jaw. And his partner. His partner's pretty cute too. Not going to lie. Carl Urban. Uh, yes, but there is that. But it's pretty good. So yeah, so we watched the, the pilot episode and the first episode. They did them both on the same day, I think. And now the next episode is tonight. Tonight? No, tomorrow. 25th. Okay. I'll put that in the queue. You should. It's really good. You'll like it. copious spare time. So, yeah. That's pretty it was much a freak. I, I had to leave town to be able to have time to watch the 50th anniversary special. At least it felt that way. Yeah, I hear you. We all know. And the same reason that the next episode, the next section is going to be a little light because we all know that this is my busiest time period, so I don't really have a lot of time to be doing anything, but yeah, we'll I do. made time for one game. The game. The game. Talk amongst yourself. Okay, so hopefully. uh, But anyways, yeah, definitely go out and watch that. Uh, Arrow restarted. Supernatural's restarted again. So we're up to a couple of... They did like one serious episode, and now they've been doing a couple of fluffy, funny, you know, wacky, kooky episodes. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. But um, what else have we been doing? And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course. 
was the other episode that came out on that. They're starting to hint a little more at what's going on with Coulson. Yeah. And the at least making him doubt his own identity and uh-huh. it's and a what's magical happening. place. It's a magical place. All right, we are heinously over time and mm-hmm. we started at odd, weird moments and whatever. We'll just we'll just wing it. We'll wing it. Um, but we do need a break. Yes. So you're listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com. Check us out on the web. Join the uh, forum community and contribute to the all-volunteer research team that we will get to later in the episode. For now, we have some music for you, and we shall be back right after this. Hey, everybody. Scott Johnson here, and I'm happy to say that I listen to Alpha Geek Radio.
This is Dills from The Instance and The Angry Chicken, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. Wow, that's awfully hot. Oh, my mic is a little crazy. Forgot to switch out my chair for the quiet one. Oh, well, I fail. And this is Geeks in the Gaming World. So you had a game you played. Um, my life has been taken over by a game. Um, yes, I had. Well, and I started it, so I can't say I played it. But it basically, um, so Burial at Sea, which is the first DLC for Bioshock. Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite, of course. So, um, And Bioshock Infinite was in Columbia, which was in the sky. So everyone knows that... Um, it's always about a man and a city. And a city. So it was... Uh, back to Rapture, so you go back to Rapture. But as, but as Rapture, and it's in its. No, no, but the character oh, you're playing. Yes, you you go back as. Um, oh my gosh, what's his face from Columbia? Well, well Elizabeth sends Elizabeth you. Elizabeth sends you. Um, I don't know the guy's name. I just it just completely got erased from my mind. Erased because, from existence. Well, because you stopped me right as I was going to explain Rapture. The, the, <laughs> the dude, what you play as in Bioshock Infinite, you return. Uh, in some first unexplained reasons, in another form, in another time, in another reality, and you're being sent to Rapture in its heyday. Right. To and you're you're actually not being sent. You're already there. Okay. Um, and you're required to find a little girl named Sally. But the whole premise of it is um, Elizabeth is there, and she's. You're assuming because I've only played a little bit that she's trying to do something nice for you. Do it. Do it. That's the guy's name. Yeah, your whipping boy, uh, Barry, let you know. You know. Oh, thank you, Barry. That for That's you. so sweet of you. Wait, 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 That's you... his job, though, so he has to do that. But <laughs> the love, I am feeling it today. Just Can kidding. you feel the love? love I have a great rendition of that by John Barrowman. <laughs> I imagine that would be fairly awesome, actually. <laughs> it's actually really good. That I, guy has a set of lungs on he him. He does. I downloaded a couple of his songs. but Show tunes. Who knew? Yeah, show tunes. Yeah, weird. Um, but anyway, so you're in Rapture, and when you when you first were in Rapture back in the first Bioshock, um, you didn't see the city in its heyday. You saw it as... In ruins. In ruins. It had already gone to hell, and, you know, the people weren't dressed up to the nines like Rapture was meant to be so you see rapture the way it was when it was more like columbia when it was more like columbia and it's really neat the problem i'm having with it is we all know that i'm not the best at playing video games even though i enjoy them quite a bit um it's really hard kicking your asses it's kicking my ass there is hardly any ammo to be fought found or bought um, because there's not a lot of money roaming around, mm-hmm. and your powers, there's hardly any Eve, so you can't, you can't use them as much. And when they attack, they attack in mobs. They don't attack like you know onesie twosies. There's like five or six of them attacking you at once. So you lay down a trap, and it gets them burning, but it doesn't kill them completely because your powers are so wussy at this point. So now they're flaming. Mobs. And now they're flaming at and. <laughs> you so you're trying to shoot them as they're flaming you've not not improved your situation i have not improved my situation at all perhaps improved the lighting (laughs) pretty much oh god so anyways so i'm not really too far into it i hear it's only about 90 minutes from what i've it's only episode one and it's it's Mm -hmm. a two-part dlc right yes um but it's pretty good Uh, so far it's uh it's it's good it's just hard 
making you work for it's it. It's making me work for it. But uh, the characters, obviously, the characters are great. And um, you do see kind of the freedom that you get in Rapture. If you listen to some of the conversations, you know, you'll see um, that basically they'll say that the only problem with Rapture is the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they all want to do what they want to do. You know, I do what I want basically is rapture do as thou wilt yes exactly um but there's there's a lot of really neat things that if you look around which i always do and maybe that's why i'm not going as fast as everybody else but um everyone else you'll see like a gay couple is is in a corner and they're talking and and you'll see a guy who's basically selling prostitutes on another corner there's three women behind him do as thou wilt exactly so it's pretty much everything do who thou wilt yes yes do who thou wilt (laughs) Um, liberal <laughs> air quote very so yeah so but it's really neat um and then obviously i'm hopefully eventually you get to see some of the characters right now the only character i've seen from you know rapture is the artist which is i think cohen mm-hmm. um so uh finally the irc has woken up to the fact and there was a question in there from barry va mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, they heard the giggling in the background. Who is that giggling in the background? Yes. So, yes. So the giggling in the background. Um, I came with guests today. Uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law are here today. So the reason I am here and Grail is not is Grail is with his dad at the game, at the Cardinal game. And I brought my mother-in-law with me because we're going to go um, shopping after this. And we this. are actively shattering her image of you. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. So that that is the I, giggling. I, I got a mission when you arrived. Like, oh, it's on. <laughs> Please, she's known me long enough. I'm sure. I bet you I can find a few things. <laughs> I believe a challenge has been issued. Uh, Barry, note the time in the log. Ah, uh, yes. Gauntlet Barry. thrown and uh, picked up. So yes, so that's that's would be the giggling you hear in the background. So Apparently, it's her first, it's her first her. dose of of our show. Um, I've never yes. seen this side of you before. Oh, I know. I need to talk to my son. <laughs> what has he gotten into? <laughs> He's usually here. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right true. there. Right there. There's a missing. Gra- There's a missing Grail spot right. here at the exactly. moment. Unfortunately, so sad. You're the missing Io spot. Um, Grail's mom. Yes, Grail's stepmom, Barry. Um, but yes, so. Oh, Barry also put uh, a new quote by me on the in the yes. IRC. We all know that I am not the best at play video games. <laughs> I believe it was Barry that should be playing video games. Uh, but hey, who am I to be the grammar Nazi? Yes, grammar Nazi. Um, but I digress. <laughs> Barry said he would have noticed Luz sooner if he was able to listen. You were able to listen, Barry. You just Chose opted not to. Not to so right. you opted not to be spoiled. Exactly. Um, so, and so we totally spoiled the part where they kill all thirteen doctors at once through all time periods. Yes, and which they, is they which was lose, really they, sad. They, 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 they have to. They, they have to. They have a plan. I'm sure where, they better have a plan. I mean, the Christmas episode's already been filmed. Obviously, they have a plan. They resolve this cliffhanger. Okay, but well, that's good. Holy crap! What a cliffhanger. <laughs> exactly. And Such a cliffhanger. It's a jaw-dropping in that, how uh, the hell are they going to write their way out of this one? Yeah, you can't just kill everybody and then be like, oh, the, sorry, they're not dead. Yes. And and the the secret cameo of the Black Guardian at the very end there was into the, uh, 
don't think I'm talking about old school. Yeah, see, and I didn't get that because right. I'm not that old that was, school. That was there for so. us fanboys. I'm amazed they found the same actor and managed to make it, make him up so that he doesn't look all that different. Because he was pretty damn old when they filmed him the first time. But anyway. <laughs> yes, so we digress. Oh, so, yes, sorry, Barry. Was this, that this, bad? Was that spoilers? Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> Hello, sweetie. So, Yes. <laughs> Hello, sweetie. But that was the only, that was really the only game I did play. But I know that XCOM also released some deal, their next, um... Well, more importantly, uh, yes. I, I, as I mentioned last week, had abused my Twitter power. Oh, yes! You and, got into, and, yeah. And, and scored a Hearthstone beta key. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I ransomed my soul for a deck of cards. Seriously? Mm. Your soul is cheap. It had a legendary in it. I would have offered you 20 bucks for your soul. No. <laughs> it had a legendary in it. No, Who, it's, it's, it's just, I, I, I'm understanding the draw now, finally, of, of a collectible card game, which is something that has passed me by mm. for ever up until now. I I'd only ever looked at the trading cards as you know pieces of art with fun flavor text. And it had never once played a single game where you actually use the cards. And this is the first time where you sat down, went through the tutorial, and learned how these things work. And I'm assuming there's very little innovation here. I'm assuming this is a fairly standard card battle game. I'm assuming it is. I haven't seen it. but Just with cute animations and set within the World of Warcraft mythos. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're playing as Jaina Proudmoore, you know, as you're, you're here and you're playing against Garrosh Hellscream and fun, fun, whatever. So it's like the MOBA. It's all characters you know and characters love you know and, and hates. And, and, you know, cute little things where, you know, the, the battle cry of a murloc card is, of course, to summon an additional murloc. Nah. The, I just need one more card um, <laughs> land of trading card games. And, you know, the if and then... Seeing you know, someone else playing cards, like where the hell did he get that card? I want that. And I one. begin to understand why this is a multi-million-dollar industry. Well, you know, I mean, as big a completionist as you are, they're gonna fork you over the coals for at least I don't know three thousand dollars on cards. Well, here's the interesting thing: <laughs> is in, in the reading I've been doing, the designers of the game very purposefully have set about to make sure that it is not pay to win. Mm. So as long as you spend the time and unlock the, all the cards that are available via merely playing, you will, in time, get a deck that is competitive against anyone who has purchased every card known to man. It just won't be immediate. Right. So they've changed it from pay to win to pay to win now. Ah. So you can dump tons of money into cards. After you are forced to unlock every class, you, you can't play as a hunter until you defeat a hunter. Ah. You can't play. You basically start as nice. an age. Okay. So you, you are forced to play a certain amount. Before you know, buying any cards will do you any good. Mm-hmm. So they have all the generic cards that are neutral and can be used by anyone, and they have the class-specific cards. So the play styles vary depending on which hero you're representing. 
And of course, they've left room for you know they can they have not included death knights in the game. They've not included monks in the game. So you know expansions mm. later, they've got it all mapped out. I'm sure. So, but there's a lot of variation in. Okay, I'm playing against a hunter. I need to prepare myself for a one-turn kill because they're going to annihilate me because hunters are a little imbalanced at the mm. moment because it's still in beta. And they can basically there there are certain and you're allowed to talk about it. Yes, ah, there, there are no because nice. you know beta these days is simply is an advertising tool. Well, I mean, Elder Scrolls, you're not supposed to talk about it. I wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Your Honor, I don't recall. Um, yes, the true betas do still exist. Mm-hmm. Um, the stage that Hearthstone is in, and because they're about to enter open beta during December, where just anyone who wants to, Can, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be a free-to-play game, as far as the base game, and then you buy the cards, and that's where they make their money. Hmm. So, largely these days, you know, being in a, a true uh, or a public beta isn't at all what a beta used to mean. Yeah, you, you used to have to sign all kinds of non-disclosure agreements. Yep. You know, I remember being in the beta for Burning Crusade and couldn't say, say a anything. damn thing on the air Which until really they sad. finally released, released the you. NBA. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I can now tell you what I've been doing for the last two months, <laughs> and it's awesome. It's so good. Um, yeah, these are have turned into mm-hmm. uh, promotional tools, and I'm fine with that because the game is. Largely polished, mm-hmm. mostly balanced. They're really they're in the fine tuning stages now, so it's very playable. Especially for me, who is is no, I, I wouldn't know the game was imbalanced from any knowledge of trading card games because um, I've played nearly enough. But it is something where they've got me reaching for it as my go to evening game. Oh, interesting. So because you know, I'm looking at my you know, my little folder O games. Mm-hmm. And it's like Guild Wars 2, StarCraft, World of Warcraft. Oh, let's play some Hearthstone. Interesting. Well, because it is match-based play. Mm -hmm. So it is by very definition going to be over, or there'll be a breaking point regularly spaced. Mm -hmm. So you can play for a little while, or you can lose hours, and it's up to you. Um, Well, I mean, you can say that. For wow, too. It just. But you're less likely to get into. If you're rating, obviously, right, you're, you're less hours, likely to get but, into a groove. Yeah. Like with StarCraft II, I'll get in a groove of, okay, I want to see the next mission. I want to mm-hmm. see what the next challenge is. I want to see what the next story story point is. Because mm-hmm. I play it almost exclusively single, single player um, for story modes and challenge modes. And I'll definitely get in a groove there where it's like, just one more, just one more, just mm-hmm. one more. It's the same thing. It's, it's a less clear. It's more of a time waster game, you think? Kind of like the, the stuff on the iOS. At the moment, at, and, the, and the, there will be tablet versions of it. The, they were demoing tablet versions of it at BlizzCon. Extremely early versions. Oh of wow! Apparently, were quite buggy. Um, really? So not not going to have it widely available soon. But eventually, it'll be available on your phone and your tablet, hmm. and it will be the same game. So it'll be you logging into your account, playing a real game against a real opponent over the internet with your deck. So it's going to be one gaming universe, mm-hmm. which I think is fairly that's awesome. That's really nice. Yeah. It's not like, you know, here's the baby version you play yeah. that's missing all kinds of features and they're saying, no, it will be The Hearthstone. same game. We're going to have to radically change the interface for a five-inch screen, but it'll be Hearthstone. That's cool. Um, but they got some work to do. So oh. Eventually that will arrive. For now, the desktop version for Mac and PC is, is good. Um, 
it's just it's it's like popcorn. It's very playable, and yeah. I, I've only I've only unlocked like five of the heroes, so I'm still baby Working steps. Um, and I basically have been playing as the mage just to learn how the game even works and, and learn and just I'm most interested in seeing what people throw at me when I go and play actual opponents. It does skill matching, so it matches me with other people who are equally as experienced as I am. Mm-hmm. And but they just may be a low level in that class. So maybe someone who has taken another class to max level and is now just now starting their warlock. Ah, oh, got it. So they may have a really good understanding of how the game works. And it's really clear because I've been, I've had, I've been face stomped mm. right out of the gate a couple of times, mostly by warlocks. Um, yeah. And then I played a game against a priest yesterday where it was, very evenly matched, very challenging. He went right down to the wire. And he, you know, he had three health. I had four, and then he, then he stomped on me. Mm. So, but it was fun, and, and you know, it was the the matching system seems so far, at least at low levels, to be doing a decent job of keeping me um, matched against people who are of similar non skill level as myself. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, because what's going to turn you off most of all on, on a game like this is going in and immediately getting and never ever winning a match. Where's the fun in that? Yeah. Oh, that's so, so much fun. I they, know I, I know that. Yeah. So they've obviously expended a lot of effort um, on the matchmaking system. Oh, that's good. Um, and it's, so far, at least at this stage in the beta, paying off. Uh, there's enough other newcomers in there with me that there's a decent-sized pool of us to throw against each other. Well, there's been a lot of great news about it, so there's a lot of good buzz. And I'm starting to understand the buzz now, because it is really playable. Mm-hmm. And it is very obviously designed to be an eSport. Ah. I mean, all the, the hooks are in there. Got it. And they're, they're, you can very easily see how they're going to do observer mode and put tools in there for people casting it live where they'll be able to see both decks. And you know, it's, it's all de- very clearly designed. Cause Blizzard, I think, really has decided and probably decided a while ago they mm-hmm. want to be an eSports giant. And Hearthstone, I think, and Heroes of the Storm are both efforts to to, to, cre- to create properties that are easily um, put in as esports, okay. as well as being fun games that anyone can play. And that's right. and that's what makes an esport is it's a game anyone can play because anyone can go out and throw a football. Absolutely, everyone can go out and hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. And you can get an understanding of the game and then see it played at its highest level and be entertained by it and be in awe of the practitioners of it at that high level. Yeah, but I think the difference between hot when it comes to electronic sports, mm-hmm. I think the difference between Hots and uh, Hearthstone is the team aspect. Yes, I think they're, they're it's totally, much more totally fun. Different. It's much more fun to me to watch a team esport than it is to watch just two people going at it. It's all they're trying to have something for everyone. I think. Yeah, no, it's basically. Heart of the Swarm, or see, I did. That's why I said hots. I just don't even bother. Heroes of the, the storm, storm is football. Mm-hmm. Soccer, football, you know, American soccer, football, baseball, egg, pretty what, much what, what, every team sport. Ever. And Hearthstone is chess. Yeah, they're both spectator sports. True. That but appeal we, to vastly different audiences. Yes, but the audiences that watch the most sports, if you notice, mm-hmm. are mostly team sports. I mean, yes, the ones that are, you know, just a duel, they have their audiences. Right. 
But the big audiences, the Phil Coliseum Stadium mm-hmm. audiences, team Teams. sports. So I think they I think their lull, the Hots is going to do a lot better as far as an esport versus. Oh yeah, I, I think they don't they don't have any illusions about which one's going to be. Oh, hot, or the one they want to be. Mm-hmm. This this is a risk for them because. Mm-hmm. And the well, already they, got their clutches well, yeah, around esports. You know, Riot right owns the MOBA. Pretty much space, but as mm-hmm. you know, as we've seen many times before, nothing lasts forever. So true. When World of Warcraft re- effectively replaced EverQuest, EverQuest. so mm-hmm. they have experience in being there. This is just a weird dynamic where the mobile was developed from Warcraft three, mm-hmm. and it became this thing. And they're like, wait, that was that was us, and then and then it went off on its own. And now they're trying to get back on that train at a later station. We'll see. Hmm. Yes. Well, that's interesting. Let's see. Yes, is the Barry Von Awesome in uh, the IRC already wants to mention wants me to tell everyone how my first versus match went when I played against a live human. Uh, Guess who I played? Barry. Yes. Shut up! <laughs> of all the people out there, you could play. You played Barry because he saw me online. Oh, and okay. I thought it just randomly threw yeah, it together. You, if you use the the selection engine. It does, but you can also elect to play a friend. Ah, okay. And I'm using the word friend here. Loosely? Very loosely. Yes. Because <laughs> speaking of curb stomping. Um, <laughs> he curb stomped. He's been at this <laughs> much longer than I have. He's been playing trading card games in general longer and has been in the Hearthstone beta much longer. And he had a deck. Ah. And I had I the default mage deck. I see. I literally had just finished the tutorial. And, and then you there was Barry. Hey, you want to play a game? Oh, look, you're a smoking crater. Well, enjoy Hearthstone. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Barry. You know, no, nothing turns someone off of a game faster than killing them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. No, it was fun. I had no illusions about playing against the experienced player. <laughs> Having just finished the tutorial, I do not think that highly of myself, okay? <laughs> Some people are really good. I know? am not one of them. Well, swear. I am not a TCG savant. <laughs> I do not have the skills uh. and no bills were paid. <laughs> Thankfully, it's a free-to-play game, so there are no bills unless you elect to send them money. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, yes, to quote Barry from the IRC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see that. Yeah, you see how many times I've played you since then, asshat? Uh-huh. There Zero. Zero. <laughs> See what that gets. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, we're in the wrong glasses for this. Oh, yeah, we're getting old and bent. I said that, and you got mad at me. No, <laughs> I get to call me that. <laughs> me too. Not so much. As they're looking behind me for the glasses case that's in front of me. Yeah. What were we just talking about? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your stinking! Oh, look at that! Hey, check it out! I can actually see the screen. Quite a concept. I can see you know, this. you know, you can get glasses that does both of that. You don't have to switch glasses. Come closer. <laughs> that brings us neatly to our next break. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Casually Hardcore, or Hardcore, 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 Hardcore. Hard, Hardcore. Hardest, the hardest of hardcore. There you go. Whatever. Uh, live at alphageekradio.com. Check us out on the web. You will see uh, new and improved site tools. Uh, I did some work over the last week on the mobile.alphageekradio.com. So it works pretty much on every mobile platform out there. So if you don't want to bother with the 
TuneIn.com app, which I still highly recommend you do if you want to listen when you're mobile. It is the most reliable way. Just go into uh, the TuneIn.com link on our site. It'll take you straight through to the page o many download links and grab the one for your particular platform. It's a great app. Just do a search for Alpha Geek Radio, add us to your favorites, and then you'll be there. We'll be there waiting for you every time. It plays in the background, lets you go do other things on your mobile device without interrupting the stream. It just kind of works, and we're really glad uh, to be partnering with it's them. It's actually pretty cool. It, yeah, it works wonderfully. But if you don't want to do that, if you just want the quick and dirty way where you just, you've got a mobile device and you need to listen to one of the live shows or the mobile stream, just go to mobile.alphageekradio.com. And that should work, at least in its basic form, won't necessarily work perfectly in the background, but if you keep it in the foreground and you can tune into the stream any old time you want, quick, easy, no muss, no fuss. We've got coming up uh, later this week a special annual event with Brian Ibbett from Coverville. Mm. He's doing his annual Coverthon, uh, which is his uh, 24-hour straight cover music marathon slash fundraiser. Oh. So we did an annual fundraiser to help pay the bills for Coverville. And since he has to pay licensing fees on all that music that he plays, that's uh, not insignificant uh, wow. bill that he has to pay each year. Um, but he also does a 50-50 split with all funds raised. Half of it goes towards the upkeep of Coverville. The other half goes to uh, an Alzheimer's uh, Research Foundation. Oh, that's nice. So Friday, Black Friday. Ooh. Yeah, go with God, oh, you who work in retail. Um, <laughs> mm. From noon mountain time on this coming Friday until noon Saturday, he will be going and not stopping, and he will need all of us to, uh, to, cheer t- him to tune in and cheer him on as he battles sleep deprivation. This year, they're doing a special uh, Saturday morning stream episode, so Scott Johnson is going to come on the stream, and they will do an episode Aww. of the morning stream uh, which is normally a Monday through Thursday uh, gig, and they're going to do a special Saturday morning stream for uh, to make up with the fact that they're skipping Thursday for Thanksgiving, and just to keep Brian awake uh, late in his uh, that'll be late, late in his twenty four hour run at that point. But if you haven't listened to Coverville, that's one of the things I've been listening to the, the mobile stream, and since he's switched to his uh, basically his two hour format once a week instead of the the two shows a week he used to do, he tends to come up as a hit on the twenty four seven stream more. And I'm reminded uh, why he's an awesome show. Um, he just p- finds really great covers of really great songs, and it's and you forget how entertaining it is to hear some other artists take mm-hmm. on a song that you love. And sometimes you'll find that you like the cover more than the original, or you even find the song that you really didn't like in its original popular form that somebody does a cover that completely changes the nature of the song and suddenly you're writing down the artist's name because you desperately want to go buy the track. And Brian does a great job of of introducing us to uh, stuff we probably never would have listened to otherwise. So check it out. Uh, He will have his normal show. Actually, no, beg your pardon. Uh, Had normal show last Thursday. Skipping it this week because it's Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and the cover-thon will be on. You can find all this news and all these links on the front page of alphageekradio.com. And um, say something interesting while I realize that I didn't have a song queued up. Spe- oh. Speaking of music. Speaking of music. Hey, we got here, we got home like six minutes before airtime, so yes. maybe this is working at all. Yes, and we started 15 minutes after airtime, so I guess Gosh, that. I'm just saying. But um, also, one of the things that we were talking about last week is we have a lot of new shows on the 24-7. Um, we have the Wood Talk Show, which is well, basically what it sounds like. 
<laughs> wood nerd. Woodworking nerds. Woodworking nerds. And this is another one that I mentioned last time. Quite interesting. Really interesting. Quite interesting. Even if you have no freaking idea what they're talking about. And most of the time I don't. And, but but, but I'm still listening. They somehow make it entertaining. It is the weirdest <laughs> thing. It is this bizarre gateway drug that's going to turn us all into handymen. Oh, but God. That's never going to happen. I actually, even if you haven't have the slightest interest in woodworking, give it a listen. You might be surprised. And I try to, I try to listen to the first 30 minutes of the new shows just so I could see what... They were all about, so I, I gave that a listen. Um, I also listened to the first 30 minutes of the latest Ladies of Leet. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually really interesting. Um, and I think one of them had just come back from being out of the country, which was uh, nice. So they must, I'm assuming that they Skype themselves, because yes. uh, I don't do think a very they're similar- all... Thing to our when we remote host or yeah. the mountain lair, exactly. You guys come on in, so yes, that was the other. Um, recently added a whole bunch of new shows, and even more um, are being solicited I as we speak. We've got a couple. I've got uh, a couple of us are planning on going live stream as well. Starcast and the Angry Chicken. And I didn't get to listen to the Angry Chicken. I'm oh, still, you it's still on my to do list. Again, if you another way, if you're not playing the beta. Mm-hmm. Still entertaining. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. Starcast, of course, is you know, Starcraft Two. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at uh, joining us on the live stream. Wow. I just have to teach them how. They have, they have some teach hard, them the ways. They have their own new mixing desk on order, which is supposed to arrive Tuesday, and so hopefully in the near future. But for now, they are available on the twenty four seven stream. And very nice. Yeah, loving it. All right, so we are ready to take our break. And yep. we'll be back right after a little uh, Jonathan Colton. This is, I believe, the duet version with him and GLaDOS of uh, Still Alive. Oh, I love Still Alive. I think I've chosen the right one. If not, it'll just be Jonathan Colton by himself. Still alive. But anyway, you're listening to Casually Hardcore. We'll be back right after this. Hello, this is Bill Duran from PunishedProps.com, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Nailed it! This was a triumph. Making a note here, huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done and you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive Into a fire 
prefer to stay inside Maybe you'll find someone else to help you Maybe Black Mesa That was a joke This is Tom Merritt from Tech News Today. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Researched chaos. This ostensibly should have belonged in the geeks in the gaming world, but it is newsworthy in any event. Mm -hmm. Um, So since we last spoke, we've got some sales numbers on the PlayStation 4. And mm-hmm. also the Xbox One launch has yes. occurred. So the, the two great titans Exciting. of the new console generation are out there. Mm-hmm. But the uh, interesting news was in the first 24 hours of sales, yes. Sony managed to move over 1 million PS4s. So a wow. little bit better than the PS3 launch, to say the least. Yeah, just a tad. Because the, the PS3 was an acquired taste and, and went to off to a very slow start when it launched. Um and in the intervening years, it matured as a product, and Sony's catalog of uh, products matured. And I mm-hmm. think we're seeing the results of that now uh, in the form of one million slavering fans queuing up to receive their uh, may or may not be functional PlayStation 4s uh, within the first day of uh, sales. So good on Sony for making a uh, desirable product. May you continue to deliver uh, wonderful updates and lots of... Oh, games and features for us to play. And now, since then, the Xbox One has launched. Yes, it has. And its flavor of uh, launch issues have taken shape in the form of uh, bad drives. Because there are always issues. (laughs) You can't make... You know, two million of these things without the occasional screw-up happening. Exactly. But as far as, you know, things emerge as common problems. So the metal flange in the HDMI port on the PlayStation 4 was common enough where it made some headlines where, you know, more a significant number of people were fell victim to that, killing their units right out of the box. Correct. And a not insignificant number of... Uh, Blu-ray drives in the Xbox One are dead on arrival. It's just ironic because the original Xbox, which you can't really call the Xbox One, because right. the, the most modern one is called Xbox, Xbox One, which, one. Uh, whatever. Yeah. The, original- the original Xbox had extremely high failure rates on the DVD drive. Um, I can speak to that because I was a victim of that. Cause- which is really funny because we have one of the oldest ones possible and nothing. It was just such a crapshoot. Well, it, it wasn't a 100% yeah. failure rate, so anything less than 100, there's going to be some winner out there that still has a working unit. And I was that would not, be I me. was not one of them. 
So just just having a, a through line of mm-hmm. a, you know the, good, the same old problem on the brand new unit just has some people shaking their heads of whatever. Um, but it looks like both of the major competitors in the the new uh, generation of console have had reasonably trouble free launches. There haven't been severe product shortages. They should have plenty throughout the holiday season. Everyone, with a few exceptions, um, what's the Watchdogs? Is the one that got delayed? Oh, uh, yes, that's the one that's in Chicago, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that was such a good game. It, it, it'll be there. Just it turned out to not yeah. to be a launch title, but generally, there's decent launch titles available. No shortage on them. Not every single unit is defective, and they seem to be making good on warranty replacements. Mm-hmm. As much of a letdown in it, that is for someone who's got their brand new unit from Amazon, and it doesn't freaking work. The screaming can be heard across the nation of the nerds who are denied access to their new console. <laughs> but generally speaking, I think both Sony and Microsoft have... Uh, done a decent job this yeah. go around with yeah their, although with their i believe the playstation outsold the in the first comparing 24 hour to 24 hour using that metric alone only yes. sony seems to have regained the lead at least out of the gate out of the gate uh-huh. with this generation which is a significant reversal over the ps3 versus the xbox 360 mm-hmm. um where Sony actually found themselves in the underdog position of having what was perceived to be an overpriced unit uh-huh. that didn't have a, a back catalog big enough to justify it because only the most expensive of the original PS3s even had backwards compatibility. That's true. Well, and I'm really interested to see what the Black Friday sales look like because I feel like a lot of people are waiting for that. I mean, some see people... See what the bundles are. Yeah, I mean, the Xbox One launched so close to Black Friday... That you're like, I could get one now or wait a week and possibly get a really good deal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happening with the Xbox versus the PlayStation since the PlayStation released a little earlier. Yeah, but it's interesting because a lot of retailers um, have pricing guarantees mm-hmm. where within a certain number of days of your receiving the product, if the identical one goes on sale, either at that place or... Another. But you said the key words, if the identical one. Right. What if they have a really awesome bundle for Black Friday at one certain store right. that you would love to have had, but now you're That's stuck the with usual. That's playing. the usual technique yeah. that the retailers online and brick and mortar will use to try and get those feet in the door or those eyes on the screen mm-hmm. is to have that exclusive bundle you can only get from us. Exactly. That's the, the, one of the more annoying things I've seen in, in the game industry is game in-game exclusives that you can only get by buying it at a particular retailer. So you get this particular armor for your character only if you buy the Walmart version. If you get it from Target, you get a different exclusive. And if you want to be a completionist and have them both, you get to buy the game five times. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Totally not going to happen. I'm just Never going to happen. But anyway. We'll see. We'll see. Ask in February Mm -hmm. when we have final sales numbers through the entire feeding frenzy that is the holiday season. And then... We'll see if, if we have a clear winner or if it's just... Nose to nose. Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo going, we have a game console too. <laughs> uh, they, I think that's going to be the most likely winner. Well, <laughs> we'll see if they, they just need more 
games. Yes. Um, but Nintendo's just, you know, they're they're out of sync with the other guys, which is maybe good for the industry as a whole. Because mm-hmm. do you really want to have to choose between three different consoles or have time to save and to have them all? Well, and, and you can still have them all. I mean, uh, just, just have, like... You just have to spend the bank. Exactly. Right. Well, and not only that, it's like... Yeah, you can you can definitely spend them all, or you can get them one by one. I mean, you don't have to get the all three at launch, Gotta but you get the one you want all. the most at launch, mm-hmm. and then save up for the rest. That's always a possibility. But that was definitely one of my favorite lights from uh, the Penny Arcade panel, um, the PAX panel with um, Gabe and Tycho, mm-hmm. where they were like, okay, so Xbox or PlayStation? Like and the them? answer was like, well, I'm an adult, so I'm going to buy both. Right. <laughs> it was one of my best answers to a question asked at that. But um but yeah, you don't have to buy both right off the bat. You buy the one you want the most now, save a little, buy the other one later. Um, which could be a possibility for us. I know Erden, our son, wants both of them. He's already shocked. Shocked I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's the only one who has a PS three is is Erden, you know, so he's the one who is a very PlayStation guy, but he also play, he plays mostly on his Xbox. Actually, he plays mostly on his computer right now. Master Race. Yes. The PC Master Race. Yes. So it just depends, but we're definitely getting one, if not two, pretty soon, and that will be Xbox. So there was an interesting article in the research thread, and as I failed to mention earlier, the uh, research thread on the forums. Is run by our all-volunteer research team, mm-hmm. who scours the web during the week for all kinds of interesting things of all nerdy and geeky types for us to uh, read about and talk about on the air every week. If you want to participate in that, just go to alphageekradio.com and click on Community at the top of the page. You'll be able to read the research thread. It's a great way to see the links that we talk about during the show and also see those topics that we just don't have time to get to that may be of great interest to you. If you want to participate by adding things to that thread, just send a personal message on the forums to the GnomeWise account, that's me, and I will get you right access to that forum as well. And in the research thread, this week, we had contributions from newcomer Gaunt, MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt, and my favorite uh, contributor's name to say, just person in general, Boba Fetish. Thank you guys for uh, contributing to the thread this week. And this is from allthingsd.com. Apple aiming at PrimeSense acquisition, but deal is not yet done. Several sources confirm that Apple is in talks to buy 3D sensing company PrimeSense, following a report uh, in the Israeli publication Calaclist. However, those sources stress that the deal is not yet done, and it reported that valuation would not represent a huge win for investors. So the big deal about this is... This is the company on whose technology the original Xbox 360 um, Kinect was based. Hmm. So Apple's looking at that whole body motion sensing technology for something. We don't know what. Interesting. <coughs> TV. But anyway, because um, <laughs> when Microsoft did the design for Xbox One, they built their own from scratch and did not license anything anything from PrimeSense. So the the Kinect on the Xbox One is completely redesigned and homegrown from the ground up and apparently doesn't infringe any patents or anything that PrimeSense owns. 
So Apple is swooping in and maybe is going to gobble them up and use their motion sensing technology in some future product. But the deal is not yet done. But the fact that they're looking, looking for, for it, it. Like, yeah. can give you some sense of where they might be going, including gaming technology in the ITV, uh, gesture-based channel changing. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, but it makes people who love to watch Apple like a hawk. We're going. Hmm, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. We should perhaps write this down and put it in a blog. Put it in a blog. What? Do you even blog anymore? Who has time for that? Dude, do you even blog? <laughs> dude, do you even blog? <laughs> <laughs> do you even lift? I mean, come on. You added the dude. <laughs> <laughs> But it was in my head. The, the dude, the dude <laughs> was scrolling across your forehead like a marquee. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> so another link, uh, touching back on us talking about uh, trading card games earlier. Mm-hmm. This is from avclub.com. Rare oh, the Magic the Card. Magic the Gathering card sells for more than $27,000. That's ridiculous. For a trading card. Hey, baseball cards. I know. I had this in spades long before there was Magic the Gathering. And Magic the Gathering, you know, we started playing that game as soon as it came out. And uh, Grill and I had boxes and boxes of this junk. Yep. And I don't even know. I think we gave them away. I hope you gave them away and didn't throw them away. So someone's at least getting some enjoyment from them. Maybe. So. I don't even remember. Someone oh. spent $27,302 on eBay for the most magical of Magic the Gathering cards, the super rare Alpha Black Lotus. See, I like this card already because it's got Alpha, alpha in it. Mm. See, that needs to be That the, sounds familiar, actually. The Alpha Black Lotus and the Alpha Geek Radio. It should be the, it should be the official card of Alpha, of Geek, alpha Radio. Geek Radio. The Alpha Black Lotus. And then I need a, the black I need, I need a Black Lotus... Uh, in my garage to drive. Oh, I see what you, I see where you're going with it's this. A theme. Yes. But you know, in Sherlock, the Black Lotus is they are the um, the assassins. Yes, yeah, the they leave the little black lotus on your mm-hmm. hand, and you're dead. Oh, you're dead it's already. Dead. You're dead already when they leave, leave the little lotus in your hand. So it is believed that only 1,100 of these cards were printed during Magic's very limited first run in 1993. And this specific Black Lotus brought such a high value because it was in near pristine condition. Slight foxing around the edges, to quote Agent Coulson. Um, (laughs) Near mint. Near mint. They're near mint. He's very proud. He is very proud. (laughs) That was a great dynamic in the Avengers movie, but anyway. Yeah. So... Yeah, let's see. It received a 9.5 out of 10 from the Beckett Grading Service, the ultimate authority when it comes to telling people with very large wallets when it's okay to open up said wallet to buy something silly. Silly and and for lots and lots of money. And the seller claims it is the holy grail of non-sports cards in the finest condition ever graded. Okay, there's a there's a service. Yes. There's apparently one of many because it's the best of the services mm-hmm. that will grade your collectible card. This is the universe we live in now, kids. Someone not only is being paid for this, but has a business and an organization whose sole purpose is to grade the quality of your your tradable card and or comic. That's awesome. It's good to have so much money that you don't know what to do with it. I wish I were one of those people. (sighs) Good on you. We don't have that problem. No. We We are mercifully free of the ravages of that much money. Exactly. Yeah. 
<sighs> I know. But I digress. So another uh, from the research thread. One of the more fun things I've been watching develop uh, as tablets have caught on. Oh. Because early on, looked at the, the, the 10-inch tablet design and said, okay, this is the perfect comic delivery system. It is only slightly smaller than the average comic book page. It has extremely high resolution screen. This is the future digital delivery for graphic novels. And Mm -hmm. our friends at Comixology have been making this come true. They are the underpinnings and the backbone to most of the comics delivery systems uh, for both Marvel and DC. And now that they are an established force in the digital distribution and publishing uh, universe, Uh they're finally offering gift cards. I saw that. Because who doesn't want an excuse to buy lots and lots of online comics without actually feeling like you're spending your own money? So I will will take large quantities of these. uh, Thank you. Gift cards? Yes. (laughs) For Uh, Christmas? For... For, for, for openers, sure. <laughs> for Happy Tuesday. <laughs> so, Comixology, this is from uh, comicbookresources.com. Mm-hmm. They already permit users to gift purchases to each other. They are now offering e-gift cards to make holiday shopping a heck of a lot easier. They're available in amounts ranging from $10 to $500 with no extra fees and, best of all, no expiration dates. So, none of the usual pitfalls and traps of... We'll charge you a small service fee, or a small amount of this will go away every month until we get to keep all the money and you get nothing. None of those tricks, which you will usually find in the fine print of the Rack-O gift cards at the grocery store. Um, basically, the, the advice and when you're given one of those, use it immediately. Use it. Use it fast. Yeah. Actually, where I work, we don't do that. They never expire. Good. Ever. Ever. We had one come in from like... More and more of those are... Forever ago. Yeah, are becoming they don't charge anything. Rackets. They never expire. But yeah, it's usually the ones. It's usually the Visa ones. If you, right? If you, if it's for a particular store or a particular restaurant, they those, usually won't screw you. Around. They usually don't mess around. But if it says Visa or Mastercard on it, those are the ones that usually they mess have with a racket you. Type mm-hmm. Where they're going to bleed away the money until it's all gone. Until it's gone, absolutely. So, if you have a comics inclined friend mm-hmm. who has a uh, tablet device. Uh, with uh, Comixology app capabilities, holidays are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I mention that the uh, email address to get in touch with the show Alpha for, Geek Radio. for any old thing <laughs> is the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. You're horrible. What? Y- you've been like a total. I'm not doing that. Okay. People. The past two weeks. I asked for and received one <laughs> beta key for a free game. There you go. And, and now you want comic books. And <laughs> what else exactly? Now you want comic books. Who doesn't? One every week. Is this a is this a theme I'm sensing here? Every week you're going to have a new thing you want to ask for? I could make that happen. <laughs> I could totally make that happen. I'm sure you could. Except for the depression that would set in after I stopped getting anything, anything? ever again. Because... <laughs> No one's going to send me these. <laughs> just making a joke of it. But if you want to crush my soul, uh, send, send me emails. Something. Send me emails instead, saying I would have given you one, but Daxa told me not to. There you go. Everybody do that. I like that suggestion. And I will give you her home address. <laughs> 
list of things that she guaranteed to hate. The love. Are you feeling it? Yeah. You're so glad you came here alone today? I am. I guess you didn't come alone, though. You're, I didn't. You're I, I came with... You came with a bodyguard. That's right. Let's, let's call her what she is. She is your bodyguard. You broke the internet. I did. I think I broke Grail's iPad. It just... Well, it's a good thing it's Grail's iPad. Yeah. I mean, who, who honestly cares about yeah. that? Not me. I just work here. And your marriage, just spot on. Just, just feeling that love again. Hey, well, he left me here by myself with you. I would totally gets. leave him. Um, That's what he gets. Yeah. He's off watching football. Ha- hand egg. Excuse so me. So because I really didn't get to see the research thread for some reason because I didn't see the date Fail. was wrong. Um, I did, however, I was researching a little bit about a movie that my in-laws suggested that I watch this weekend, which was Chasing Ice. Have you ever seen that? I have not. What is Chasing Ice? It's actually a really, really good film. It's beautiful. It's about a photographer, and he is... um, It's basically about global warming when you come down to it, you know? So he... He was. He thinks that you know, in scientific terms, they they explain global warming in scientific terms, and he's actually done a TED talk about this too. By the way, so you might have already heard this. Well, I only there's there's so many TEDx. I now know there's so many. That it, just because it's at TED doesn't mean I necessarily was there for it. I know, but usually you usually scout out. Well, the I, big I mean, ones. I, I keep an eye on TED because mm-hmm. there's lots of cool stuff there. Exactly. Um, so basically, what he did is he, you know, the statistics thrown at you, it doesn't really give you the picture. So what he did is he started a program where he put um, a ton of cameras. I think it was something like 20, 25 cameras. Um, they were he put a couple cameras in the icebergs in um, Alaska. I think it was uh, Greenway. Icebergs or glaciers? I'm sorry, the glaciers. Um, And if you go, actually, if you go to chasingice.com, that's basically where I got all the information from. And he... um, and he just took pictures. It's one picture an hour. He set up this really neat camera system, and it, uh, it had to be really, really strong because it has, you know, rocks were falling on it, the wind, the ice, the snow. Plus, him and his crew hiked up to the most ridiculous spots to put some of these cameras down. And um, they basically give you a picture of five or six years, one picture every hour for five or six years of the glaciers receding. And some of it is really, it's really, really sad when you, when you really think about it. But the pictures that were taking, that they were taking were amazing. This guy, the lengths he went through to take some of these pictures, he's hanging off like an ice cliff over a freezing river going down into this, who knows how deep hole. So the water can go out of the, um, the bottom miles and miles away i mean it was just the pictures were gorgeous they're breathtaking so i highly recommend you go to chasingice.com and i mean that's that's the degree to which it needs to be spelled out for people to understand it's really sad because when you're not when you don't see it it is an abstract concept and the number of times i've had to try and explain to otherwise apparently intelligent people the difference between climate and weather (laughs) <laughs> it really saps your faith in humanity sometimes when yep. well we just had the coldest winter in you know 120 years of record keeping sure global warming like, that's weather. weather weather is a localized momentary you know 
accumulation of events. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean on a large scale things aren't getting warmer every year. Just ask the polar bears that don't have ice anymore. Yep. I mean, this also never before in recorded history has the northern polar ice cap melted completely seasonally. But we have that now. And what's the first thing we go to do when we have access to that water? Oil rigs. Yes, of course. I mean, why? Why? What else would you do with it? Because, hey, it's the wild frontier again, because no one ever expected us to have access to this area. So guess what? There's not a lot of rules. So let's get in there and drill before someone stops us. Yep. Because that's the important thing to do. I'm Absolutely. sorry. Am I showing my political leanings? <laughs> oh, but uh, but it's it was a really good. It's about ninety minutes long. I suggest you watch it. It's really so breathtaking, shall. and it's um, it's really sad. Actually, at one point, uh, we lose a chunk of ice about the size of Lower Manhattan. Is that they, all? They actually caught it on film, which was amazing that they did that, and then they. They superimpose the city on it, so you can kind of see, see the, the scale of the what you're scale looking at. Scale of what you're looking your at. Because your brain can't wrap its head around. It really can't. I mean, it looks. You're looking at a chunk of ice, and it looks like it's. You know, I don't know. But everything around it is huge feet. as well. Yeah, exactly. And then you see this little speck, and realize that that speck is a helicopter. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh. wow, that is big. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Highly recommend it. Go watch it. And it's beautiful. The pictures are If you have the means, amazing. I highly recommend picking one up. Yes, exactly. It's a choice. Yeah, there's, there are no shortage of good. I'm, I'm in the beginnings of a documentary phase, so that'll fit right in with the kinds of stuff I've been starting to search for on the various streaming services. Streaming service I. Service Service Sue. Service dude. Service dude. So that is that available via streaming? How did you consume it? Ah, uh, it? it's actually on Netflix. Okay, go go to Netflix, Chasing Ice, right there, done. We totally got to. We have to get like a referral system with them. We really do. Seriously, we talk about their product often. An awful lot. <laughs> but there's there's so many good. I mean, I've got kind of the holy trinity of streaming services right now. We've got Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. Netflix, and Hulu Plus. And I don't have Hulu. I have the other two. I don't have Hulu quite yet. Hulu Plus, I mean, it's, it's basically another, you know, it's competitively priced with Netflix. What it delivers is a lot of the television shows are on board with it. Mm. So, is it television going on right now, right now, or yes, previous? See, no. yeah. See, the free Hulu is more about the past. Past. This one always annoyed me about Hulu and Hulu Plus because they have... Hulu, which you can go to on a desktop web browser, has mm-hmm. one, one slice of content. And Hulu Plus, which is on devices and Roku boxes and PlayStations and Xboxes, has a completely separate slice of offerings, and, and rarely do the two overlap. Why is it that way? I'm, I'm assuming there's some weird TV industry resisting the inevitable digital mm-hmm. future, gra- desperately grasping onto their old... Revenue model that made it be this way. Possibly. Come on, how far into the twenty first century are we? Let's just have there be one Hulu. Yeah. Just and and just you subscribe to that and you get it on both platforms. You get all the stuff. It's a good thing I'm not bitter. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But no, I mean you could pretty. I've pretty much been able to find everything I wanted without 
with just Netflix and Amazon. But I mean, with Amazon, obviously, I have to buy it. You know, but you also have. You have cable or satellite? I have cable. See, I don't have that. Yeah, we do. So to me, Hulu Plus is a necessary supplement. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, I spend eight bucks a month for Hulu Plus mm-hmm. instead of the $59 a month that Cox Communications wanted Please, to charge 59. me. And that, and that didn't <laughs> yeah. even that didn't even have the super premium digital package right. that included things like BBC America. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, that included dozens of channels. That you don't care about. And the only one <laughs> that I cared about and had to spend an additional 20 bucks a month to get was BBC, BBC America. America. <laughs> yep. And that right there, sitting down and looking at that, is what lost me as a customer. Yeah. I would. I really only watch four channels. If and I could just pay for those four channels, it'd be fine. And so Cox Communications, uh, if you're listening, and I know you are. Um, of course. And NSA, eat me. Um, <laughs> we know they're listening. They're just listening. You know, Obviously, through yes. Through the phone over there. I'm sure. Um yeah, you guys need to change your ways because I ain't coming back. Yeah, you're not. You're no longer getting my money. You're getting my money for internet service because that's useful to me. Mm-hmm. It's not competitively priced, as Google is demonstrating in every city where they run Google Fiber. Yeah. So you might you need to take a close look at that too because the Google and those like them who are providing a great service at a fair price are coming, and they're coming for you. Yes, they are. And they're going to get me away from you in half a heartbeat. Absolutely. I can't wait. I took nothing over your services. Yes. Think about that. Yeah. I said, I will take nothing rather than pay you money for your service. Yep. And I'm not alone. No, there's a lot of people. There's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Your consumers are saying, no, no, thank you. I'll take nothing instead. Yikes. Work on that. Yep. All right, I believe that brings us to our wrap-up time. Yay. Now we're running out of... Oh, yeah, you're... Yay, you're so glad to be gone. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I had to come Yay, out. a whole show. Oh, there's that. Just you and I. It's never just you and I. Can't say that anymore. I know, that's what I'm saying. It totally just happened. Our first and show recorded it. Gnome and Dex. Let's fill up Gnome's mailbox with ponies. No Agrius SW. Let's not. Yes, Agrius SW. Let's do it. All right. So next week mm-hmm. should feature, because now that I've got, and I will soon be able to tell from the recording of this episode if I've got all the issues with the deck mm-hmm. sorted out, and I should be able to reestablish Skype calls. Nice. Because the one major side effect of no longer taking the USB audio from the mixing desk into the computer is that killed the Skype, the Skype break. So I've got an extra box up there that needs to be added to the mix to re-enable that and make my desktops inordinately more cluttered. Yes. More but, hey, cables. The things we go through, and I've been learning about video. That's the other thing, that doing things. Oh, yes. You said you were going to start that at some point. Yes, I am. Yeah. So as far as you know, this this level of uh, gussying up. This is what I need to this do. This will be your time. new normal for yeah. uh, Sundays at uh, four p.m. Eastern. Not ponytail, no makeup, jewel. All depends on that. who you're trying to attract. <laughs> I got a button right here that turns your camera right off. <laughs> Puts up a picture of a kitten. It's all good. It's all good. All right. <laughs> do I get to pick my kitten? No. 
kitten. And if you're and if you're not nice to me and don't send me comicsology gift cards, it'll be a dead kitten. <laughs> All right. Your name on it. Fine. All right, kids. You have been listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Alpha Geek Radio. That's two hours of your life. You just ain't getting back. It's true. We should be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Post Thanksgiving in the United States and post Coverthon. God help Brian Ibbett. Good luck. He'll be streaming it live. He's giving me this wonderful 24-hour opportunity to do all kinds of service and updates on the 24-7 server. So if nothing <laughs> else, they'll be wonderfully dusted off, uh, totally up-to-date and clean uh, 24-7 server when Brian is done uh, sleep-depriving himself into an early grave. Check us out on the web, alphageekradio.com. You can find us on the Twitter. The show is Hardcore Casuals. The network is Alpha Geek Radio. I am GnomeWise on Twitter. You are Daxa CH, D-A-K-S-A, not D-A-X-A. No. And emails, you can send us uh, hate mail and corrections. Even, even, even though uh, the Barry Von Awesome usually takes care of correcting us. Uh, Pretty Immediately. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Do it. Do it. The name of the character. I know. Yeah. So, big deal. <laughs> Just checking. It's not important, Barry. The email address <laughs> for getting involved with the show is the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. Check out all the fine shows on the network. Just go to the front page and click on shows. The list is getting longer mm-hmm. and longer and more and more awesome. Made some changes on the Facebook end of things. So the Casually Hardcore page there for the longest time has been serving just as the general purpose show or network page. And as we're bringing on all these additional shows, I didn't want to spam fans of Casually Hardcore into oblivion with information that they may or may not actually be interested in. So I've created an actual Alpha Geek Radio uh, fan page and simply facebook.com slash Radio. And please go over there and like that if you want to have information about everything that Alpha Geek Radio is doing, including Casually Hardcore, to show up in your Facebook timeline. Uh, Similarly, that's why we split off Hardcore Casuals on Twitter from Alpha Geek Radio, so you can pick and choose, uh, because I don't want to inundate you and drive you away with information that you don't Don't care about, Mm -hmm. because I hate it when people do that to me, and I don't want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. So... Take a moment, head over to facebook.com slash alphageekradio and hit the like button if you want to see updates about all the things we're doing that are not necessarily limited only to casually hardcore. Things like convention coverage and Wootstock and Nerdtacular and... All the other good stuff. Nerdy goodness and fun stuff and mm-hmm. bring it on. I believe that's a wrap for I Have Been Gnomewise. I Have Been Dexa. And we... As I turn my loud, loud chair around, which is not going to be this way next week, are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.